You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Go Wild. Go Wild is the fastest growing social media platform for outdoor enthusiasts. If you love to hunt, fish, camp, hike, this is the community for you. Go to the Google Play Store or wherever you download your apps and download the Go Wild app and get started today. And for more information, you can visit timetogowild.com. Let's get outside. It's time to go wild. We get asked this question all the time. How can I make my land more productive? When you look at the native landscape and you're looking at how we can make everything more productive, it oftentimes comes back to replicating nature. Pure Natives allows you to do that with their custom seed mixes, all the way to their buffer mixes, pollinator mixes, all things native seeds from grasses to forbs. How could you go wrong with a company whose motto is hashtag plant your legacy? Get started planting natives with pureairnative.com. And check it out because each podcast listener can get a 10% discount by mentioning the Land and Legacy podcast. All right, guys. Welcome to another Land and Legacy Habitat Heroes podcast. I'm your host, Adam Keith. And Matt Dime. And we have special guest, Mr. I need to build this up a little better. Yeah. That's a horrible drum roll, by the way. That was terrible. So we have Dury Outdoors team member, critical mass winner, and do I dare say... Big Not to put killer. any more pressure on you, but Mr. 200-incher, <laughs> <laughs> Greg Glessinger, here with us today. Thanks, Greg, guys. Thanks really for joining it. us. I appreciate it. Thanks for the invite, man. This is fun. Yes. Yeah, we. Uh, it's kind of a – so give you guys an idea where we're at. We are here in Springfield, Missouri, the Ark of the Ozarks Quest Hunt Co. Expo. And this expo has kind of been around for a while, but Quest Hunt Co., came on the scene last year, helped take over this event, and are now revamping it to make it, trying to make it, and are going to, I have no doubt they will, but make it the Iowa Big Buck Classic of Missouri, or mm-hmm. Big Buck Classic of Arkansas. Missouri used to Which have I one. Which, we're missing right now in the state. Yeah, we're right in the heart of Kansas, and mm-hmm. Iowa, and Illinois, and Oklahoma, and 
Arkansas, and we're the state with no real expo. So this is the revamped version, and we've got several DOD team members yeah. here. And who else is here from DOD? Uh, Matt Drury. Yeah. Um, and then Stephen and Jesse McBee, I believe, are here as well. I okay. think his team is doing a seminar, I think, at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Oh, awesome. And I think yeah. Sean from Heartland Bowhunters yep, here. here. Yep, Yep. And then, yep. and then Matt and I are here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Local we should, boys. We yep. should mention what Quest Hunt Company really is. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because I think uh, that name probably doesn't do it justice, which it's it's the largest whitetail tournament mm -hmm. in the country. That's so correct. They only in three states or four states in 2018. And yep. they're adding three more in 2019, mm -hmm. which is uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Kentucky. And then their current states is Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi, and uh, Iowa. Iowa. How'd you forget Iowa? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, it's pretty neat what they're doing. They're taking kind of like the, the Bassmaster Classic, bait mm -hmm. or whatever, however you want to term that, in the fishing world and spun it in, in the hunting, hunting world. And it's really catching a critical buzz. I oh, mean, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. All the guys walking in the booth that I'm meeting with and saying hi to are really excited doing a banquet tonight. Yep. Um, awards. And then they're kicking off with uh, Heath Sanders, who just signed a, a massive label with Sony, I believe, in the, oh, country, that's awesome. in the country world. Wow. He's setting the world on fire. Um, so they're not messing around. These guys no. are first class. Everything they're doing is... Um, top-notch stuff it's really quite fun to see what they're doing it yeah. is and like i said they're they're hitting the ground running and just taking over the show taking over the kind of the whitetail contest and doing it with with class in my opinion honestly like the the show itself is looks great a lot of great vendors um and a great turnout so far yeah. absolutely and you the, know, the benefit here today is it's arc of the ozark so all the proceeds are going to a non-profit mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. organization which I forget what Ark of the Ozarks, what group they work with, but I think it's kids with disabilities I believe and, so. and stuff like that. So really great organization that we're we're helping here. So Yeah, and we all know as hunters that our numbers are not growing. No. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and we're all competitive people, right? That's mm -hmm. right. And we all like to have win prizes. So that's they, right. they, they, they took that model. <laughs> they got our weakness. <laughs> yeah, they got our weakness, and they took that model, and they're trying to build off of it. And I think it's nothing short of genius. It's going to bring new awareness and a new, maybe a new blood into mm -hmm. this and, 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 and make it more fun maybe it, it sounds like oh well they're, they're just fueling that competition or whatever but but truthfully the way the structure is it's a team mentality yeah and, and so you're you're getting hopefully other people outdoors or you're teaming up and truthfully trying to come in and say hey work with me let's hunt together exactly. and make this thing happen try to win some cool prizes yeah the, the concept is spot on it's yeah. really neat I think the sign-up is 150 a team, 75 a person. Yeah, you got it, man. Yep. And so we had them on, you guys, listeners, we had them on back in September or yeah. August. I Late can't remember. Late August, September okay. time frame. And they kind of explained it. But $75 a person for a two-man team, so $150 entry. and Per state. Per state. And basically based off score. And the winners the winners get two players ranges. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Top, there's top ten prizes anywhere from two Polaris's to coolers to bows to uh, Matthews yeah. um, just came Jeez. on. Wow. Um, I mean, it goes right down the list. You can go to their website. I think it's uh, hunt or questhuntco.com. Yeah. And you can look at their list of prizes. But top ten guys, top ten teams, walk away per state with uh, some amazing prizes. I think it's totaling fifty thousand total prize uh, for each state. Wow. I talked to a guy impressive. in the booth that was from Arkansas, and he killed at one. 30 or 135 135 uh 
and he won eighth out of Arkansas, and so he was walking home with some tree stands and yeah. all kinds of goodies. Trail so I'm cameras, like, cooler, something man. like that. I was like, man. Why not? Hey. You're going to go anyway. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. You're going to do yeah. it. I mean, if if you feel confident that you're going to kill some deer, might, might as well. As well. Yeah. yeah. And exactly. then and well and I think the other thing is even when you sign up and you're you're part of or you're in, entered into it you have awesome discounts too on partner products they do just as being a team member yeah so I think they vary from anywhere from like uh, fifteen to uh, thirty five or forty yeah. percent depending on the product mm. which is it. crazy yeah yeah you know so, so you might as well you save that seventy five dollars yeah. just on the discounts and if you want to oh, do yeah. multiple states you just sign up with multiple states and it's just you know another one fifty per team for another state and you keep rolling on and yeah. how how many stories though have you heard of the one guy who's out there and just sticks a giant he's like i've never seen this deer before I, yeah. you just never know what you can happen know. you yeah. never know kind of yeah. wish matt and i we we anticipated our hunting days being limited this year with just travel and work and baby and everything so it was like i don't know we didn't we didn't end up signing up we we're like let's just see what we everybody should've. we we didn't we should have because we killed two bucks back to back and i'm like yeah. I bet we'd have won something. You could have. Could have. I'll, I'll be curious. I need to go talk to those guys and see where we would have ranked. Yep. You know, the fun thing is, it, it's Hindsight. not. It's not limiting to to weapon either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're a bow guy or gun guy, you're throwing all in the same mix. So you know, it's it's. I like that about it's it. It's really too. about anybody's tournament and any, anybody can win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they've really, uh, you know, called the average guy, whatever yep. you want to tag it. But the concept is really a cool idea. It and is. you have the ability to. Let's say you kill a 140 with a bow during archery season, and then you turn around and you kill a 160 with a gun, you can re-up it. Yep, yep. swap it out. Pull, so one, you can p- pull one out put one in. I think they call that culling in, in the fishing world. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and yeah. so you have that ability to where it's not like you got one shot at this. Now, you do if you're in one of those states where you get one buck. But yeah. for us here in Missouri, we could have totally – we should have mm-hmm. done it, Matt. It was stupid, stupid, stupid. You know, it's one of those things that you look back 10 years from now, we're going to say, and you know what, we, may, we were at the first one. Because mm-hmm. just the, the buzz and the excitement that's here, yeah. it's it's got it's that traction that you can feel it like this is really going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, we we did this booth or we had a booth at this expo last year before Quest came on the scene, and of course weather was bad, but there was just hardly anybody here, and it was just a very local small expo. Yeah. And just in this year, now there's all kinds of people. We did a seminar this morning, living yeah. on the edge, and the room was filled up, and there's a lot more people here. So and this is first year. Yeah, and it's it's in a great location, Springfield, Missouri. So it's it's one of those where a guy could totally convince his wife to come with him and family because we have the wonders of wildlife museum mm-hmm. we have yeah. all the the malls and and the shopping around here to where it's a it's a just a great place to be agreed too many restaurants honestly too many yeah for sure so anyway now that we we talked about quest hunt co greg well i'll, I'll introduce and, and when we talk about this um critical mass winner last year and you killed a 239 extra innings this year and major league last year. But we go back to yeah. a much different time. A much more humbling beginning. <laughs> 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 yeah. I remember 
You were one of the first guys. So everybody's probably heard my story. I was working for the Missouri Department of Conservation, and my old college roommate took a job with Mark Dury. That's right. And he was working in Iowa, and he's like, hey, man, uh, we always need somebody to fill in when yeah. guest comes in, and uh, yeah. would you be willing to film? I'm like, dude, all I've ever ran is smaller cameras. He goes, yeah. oh, it's not that hard. Yeah. And I never learned, and they just trained me. And I'm like, okay, three I can in do the that. tree. Say three you to the yeah. wolves. Put the monkey in the tree. That's right. And a first That's a great <laughs> analogy. That really is. <laughs> yeah. He's tall and lanky like a monkey, man. We both spent a lot of time in the tree with him. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> much lankier back in those days. Yeah, you were very malnourished. <laughs> much <and> quicker too. <laughs> You know, so, baby slowing him down yeah. a little bit. So uh, I've got the dad bod going on already. Um, and so I'm trying to think. The first morning out, I filmed Jared Lurk. You did. And uh, I filmed him. He ended up killing one. Terrible footage. I was horrible. I was a, I was a young hunter um, and cameraman who'd never seen a good deer. And I a got in the tree. A 130 for you was a giant. 130 for me was a giant. It was a giant. Why are we not killing him? Yep. It was a giant. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's I, foolish. I, I tell yeah. people this. Foolish. <laughs> foolish. You're an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. I never up, said that. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, your we face said it, <laughs> Adam. You didn't have to use words. Yeah. You My look wife at tells me I give facial expressions yeah. that I'm not aware I yeah. give. Yeah, I saw a few facial expressions. Like you know, there'd be a four-letter word if if the <laughs> if language was to come out of it. It's coming, but the language was yeah. everything. That's fine. Yeah, we saw a lot of deer that fall and ended up filming Jared kill a, a nice one and then filmed you kill a nice one. On the last day, last, last morning, day. Oh, wow. you were leaving morning. at noon, yep. and we killed him at like at nine thirty or nine yep. o'clock. Yep, and we were down we're to the wire. Down to the wire. Yep. He he actually that night he says, "Man, I really should be going first thing in the morning. Yeah, I should be going home." I said, "Can you just give me one more, more sit?" And we backtrack when you had to leave yep. to be home by a certain time. We factored if you left by noon, you would meet whatever that was to get home by. Yeah. And you said, okay, I'll go one more set. And that one more set. <laughs> I had been up there, I think, almost two weeks or something It was almost like two that. weeks. We had been grinding. Yeah. And, and a funny Morning story. And we uh, There's that little Mexican place that was had this stroke of good luck. Um, yes. Mark had eaten there that yep. one night and ended up killing 195. Yeah. And he's like, oh, the Mexican <laughs> Mexican restaurant <laughs> gave me good luck. And so Jared of and I went a, f- a few days later, and uh, he ended up. He ended up killing one the night a- or the morning after eating there, and we're like, we had hunted Missouri some, and we're like, we got to go back to Iowa, eat at the Mexican restaurant, and then hunt Iowa. We did that next morning, killed Stupid that deer. Stupid I think yeah. that deer's name was, was it Moose? Yes, it I was. I think it was Moose, yeah. yeah we caught him off at Alfalfa Field. He yep. came from like 300 yards away. That's right. To dang near to wow. the base of the tree. I mean, we shot literally at five yards, if not less. Yep. It's basically shooting straight down. And uh, I remember... That stand had been in that tree a while, and it was, like, yeah. unlevel. And I remember yeah. standing there as he was working away. And, of course, at that point, I was so, like, you can't make, you can't move in the tree because you're going to spook them even though they're that far away. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, please get here, deer. Ended up shooting the deer. And I remember we celebrated. It was, like, one of the first things. That's the Mexican thing. <laughs> <laughs> It was. That was the standing joke. I think that was the fall of 2011 or 2010, something like that. So you you got to be close. That or or oh nine. I think it's it was got, 10 because I graduated college. Oh, in, was it? In, in in the spring of 10, and that fall okay. is when I filmed you. Well, there you go. Yep, the fall of 10. So, so going oh, nine years. Nine years ago. And then, of course, a lot of things had changed from then, but we had stayed in contact, and and mm-hmm. here we are in Springfield, Missouri. Yep. You know, and that's something to be said that uh, we didn't know each other. Way back then we met, and then next morning we're 20 feet in the tree. And some of my best relationships today have been caused by being 20 feet in the tree. 
Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's why hunting is so – it just connects Because people. everything has to shut down. All yeah. technology goes away. Yeah. And you become who you are. Yeah. You, you know, share stories. You get to, you know, spend way too much time <laughs> together. Yep. Good, <laughs> good and bad. We that's were in those blinds fighting flies oh. and, and, oh, yeah. and trying to film. always something. Yeah, and it was just like – I remember it was like we can't open the windows. I, I still remember this. We can't open the windows because – it's the we're gonna let all the flies in. It's gonna be bad. So we, I had to try to film through the windows, and they were plexiglass. Mm. And Jared texts me like a couple weeks later and goes, "Oh, all that footage you shot through the glass, unusable." I'm like, "Oh, great, thanks, yeah." Wow. <laughs> so, so it's funny how that all works. You know, you yes, don't know a guy, and now here we are, almost a decade later, almost yeah, a decade later, and now we're, we're friendship is much deeper. Yep. And our relationship has changed. Yep. And it's much deeper in a professional level with what you guys have now traveled the country and become what you guys with Land and Legacy has created is something that's really quite remarkable. We appreciate that. And yeah. now here we are, you know, you're teaching me something. And <laughs> nine years ago, a 130, 135 was <laughs> a mega giant. And I'm calling you off on him. And you're that's looking at me hilarious. like, what the heck? And now here yep. we are talking about warm season grasses and prairies and TSI work. And you're the one telling me to get my butt to work so <laughs> yeah. it's funny how the full circle has 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 come around but it's i remember after that two weeks of filming um during that last of october first november i went home my brother's like what what's it like what's southern iowa like and i'm like it's all it's out of this planet like it, Jurassic it is park it, it is unbelievable nothing like it never seen anything like it yeah. he goes how many deer were shooters i said shooters for you and i one <laughs> thirties yeah. and he's like yeah and i said Daily. Saw 28 of them within bow range. And he's like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the very first one I got introduced to was about a 153-and-a-half-year-old that just came walking by. Beautiful deer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's definitely a shooter. And, and Jared was just like, no, that's only three-and-a-half. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is just Whatever stupid. you are smoking yeah. must be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So, anyway, yeah, fun stuff. but It is a different world. It is. It is. Iowa, and uh, that experience of filming, I wish everybody would get the experience of hunting Iowa or filming in Iowa, just seeing the landscape. The landscape is oh, awesome. I still remember seeing yeah. the huge savannas yeah. um, that were there. So um, just a just a great place. And so with that being said, let's backtrack to your upbringing of hunting. Mm -hmm. Sure. Grew up? Grew up in Nebraska. Um, it's crazy because I didn't start deer hunting until I was 26 or 27 so i grew up pheasant hunting and quail hunting behind bird dogs my awesome. whole life um cool. i mean that's what was prevalent right wherever you mm -hmm. grow up whatever the that's game right. is yep. is yep. what you turkey hunting for us yeah to, sure for, me. for us it yeah. was pheasant and quail i mean that's what we yep. did um yeah family and friends every weekend in the fall that's what we did and and as we got older and we got to be 16 it became duck hunting because now we can mix and match the seasons and yep. start traveling and, and moving around and so we had a between two or three cousins, if they weren't available, it was two or three buddies, and we always had every weekend we're going somewhere doing something. And then uh, went to college at Northwest Missouri State in Missouri, and uh, joined a fraternity there and found some fraternity guys that were just as much junkies as I was. And before we know it, you know, we weren't far from it. I can't remember the reserve in the northwest corner by was it Grand Pass? Was it by Carroll? Not away. Is yeah. it Carrollton or Carroll or? Ca yeah, Carroll, I think, or, or Carrollton. Carrollton. Yeah, maybe? that's Grand Pass. Okay. 
Um, huge duck hunting place. Huge. Huge. I mean, like, uh, like it's uh, around uh, the Grand River. Oh, my gosh. Thing. I yeah. mean, it, yeah. Was, yeah. it was waterfowl like Iowa for me for deer hunting yeah. was that place for water. It was like Jeez. year yeah. one, they were like, we got to go. And I'm like, how good is it? And the guy says, unbelievable. It's good. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so we go. It was the very first year I missed Thanksgiving. In oh, my entire life. Jeez. And my mom did not like that. <laughs> and that phone rang. She said, excuse yeah, but me. I limited out. And I said, Mom, you have no idea. I have a chance to go do this. She goes, well, you should go. But I'm, I just want to let you know that I'm not happy. Oh, she threw yeah. that. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Oh, and then I get the call from Dad, you know, 10 minutes later going, you know, Mom's really disappointed. I said, well, I'm sorry, but I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so it was my first time and stayed with uh, a group of guys. And it was unbelievable. Jeez. Crazy. That good. is crazy. Wh- good. When you look at Missouri duck hunting and and <coughs> a lot of our our best hunting are the state owned land. Um, Grand Pass is the one that it's, everybody's it's like. There. I wanna I wanna go to Grand Pass. I've yeah. never done it because the waiting list or, or you take the pill. Yeah. Did they do that back in those days? It was a chip or something. Okay. I'm yeah. Uh, I, you reach in uh, and you yeah, grab yeah, a yeah, chip. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's like, oh dang it, bad draw. <laughs> yeah. Let's go hunt the walk in area. Yeah. So. Yeah. The fraternity brothers' dad had a relationship somewhere, and then day two or day three, we got access to to private ground just off of it. Oh, uh, oh, bingo! So it was good. The mother day two, yeah. and then it become unbelievable on day three or day four, or whatever it was, and it was something that when it, when it, it got it, pressured, it, it still resonates in my memory today. Yeah, Jeez. of how good it was. So okay. we used to do those trips quite often because it wasn't that far from mm. from the university. So yeah. So that university is in Marshall, right? Uh, Maryville. Maryville. Yeah. Okay. Far, okay, north, gotcha. far northwest corner. Yeah. I forget yep. what yep. what uh, Mo Valley I think is in Mar- uh, in Marshall. So yeah. So that's and then uh, you know stayed doing that whole thing and then uh, I met my my uh, was girlfriend at the time and we were engaged and went to see her uh, her brother in northern Minnesota. So I was I'm going to say 27 ish, 26, 27. I think it was 27. And uh, he was shooting a bow mm-hmm. in the backyard. And he goes, you ever shot one? I said, no, I'm, I'm a gun guy, right? Yeah. And went back there, and I shot it once. And my girlfriend, fiance at the time, ended up being my wife, was standing next to me. I looked at her, and she goes, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I go, what's wrong? She goes, I just see it in your eyes that this is another hobby. Oh, that's funny. Because <laughs> it was a, her brother that introduced yes, you? Yes. So she can't get mad. No, she couldn't. Yeah. You know? I'm like, hey, this is a relationship thing. Yeah. Let's just go back in the yeah, house. Yeah, you want me to bond <laughs> with yeah, your brother? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of hilarious how it all worked, worked out. And so at that moment, it was an itch that – and then I had never harvested a whitetail before. I ha- I ha- never tried. Uh, I tried twice. Okay. Guys from work took me way out west in Nebraska. Uh, hunted them, but with no luck, with gun. Yep. Mm. Um, family farms and came up empty both times. Had a good time. Um, and then uh, uh, he said, "Hey, why don't you come up and hunt with us?" And I had I had no deer rifle, mm-hmm. so I had to start from ground ground zero, and went up there and I shot. This is crazy. So when you look at the el- evo- evolution of time, so extra innings G1s were not even the total inches of my first year. <laughs> <laughs> so my first year maybe totaled 8 to 10. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically, I call it the Wisconsin 11-pointer. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Basically oh, yeah. spikes. 
that's, that's right. better than me. The first three deer I ever killed were button bucks. Button bucks. And it, uh, my brother ended up nicknaming me Buttons because of oh, it. And it was like, come on, come dude. On. That's, yeah. That's that's not that's, a no, that's, that's not low. a monkey you can shake very yeah. very. <laughs> I'm, something tells dude, me that's still carrying rule, it. Right? Every once in a while, I still hear buttons come out. Oh, yeah. I bet. I yeah. bet. Uh, so then I went up there and shot that, and I was just like, man, that was awesome. Yeah. And then uh, the fall. That was with a rifle. That was with a rifle. And then uh, the next year they invited me back up and uh, shot some does, didn't have any chance at a buck. And, and then I started getting into archery at that point. And then from there on it was I completely put the shotgun in the gun safe. Wow. And I only, only picked it up for family get-togethers at Thanksgiving and Christmas. And I went all in. Just hooked. Bitten. Wow. Like mm, nothing bad. I've ever had before. <laughs> And uh, it became truly an obsession from that day. Wow. And I read anything I could read. I traveled to seminars. Um, I did anything I could do to put myself in a position to learn with mm-hmm. somebody who had something to say. Uh, buying people's lunch. I actually, probably 15, 16 years ago, we were at the Wisconsin Tour and Turkey Expo. Might have been longer than that. Might be 18. And Ralph and Vicky mm-hmm. and Schlera were there speaking. And I saw them walking down the hallway. And I said, hey, Ralph, how are you? He goes, how are you, young man? Shook his hand. I go, where, where are you off to? He goes, I'm buying lunch. He goes, I'm going to go eat lunch. I said, can I make you a deal? He said, you bet. I said, I buy you lunch, but I want the hour of your time. He said, done. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went. And That's a man who knows his priorities. And, and <laughs> uh, got in line, bought him lunch, sat down, and he gave me about 45 minutes of his time. And I just, one question after another. Mm-hmm. One question. And he shortened it up really quick. And I'll never forget. That saying 16, 17, 18 years ago, which was, you're only as good as the ground you hunt. Mm. You cannot hunt something that is not there. Yeah, that's right. And for whatever reason, from that day forward was the day that I became a land steward. Mm-hmm. Because that was the day that I, I was putting deer hunting in front of land. Uh-huh. And at that moment when I left... It was, I was missing the boat. I had to find quality land first and the habitat and the rest will follow. Mm-hmm. And, ever, and ever since that point is when my career changed and seeing that perspective and understanding that better is when I started harvesting more mature animals. That's where some of our, when we do our consulting, we sit down with landowner and it's like, Okay, what are your goals? And sometimes they'll say, I want to grow up, whatever, 180, or I'd like a shot at a Boone and yeah, Crockett. We all do. And it's like, I'm sorry, sir, but we're on 20 acres or 40 yeah. acres, and yeah. the habitat's not great. I don't know if that's ever going to be achieved. We'll yeah. do our darndest to get there. It's like try to reel it in to where yeah. we have realistic expectations. So, you know, you watch television, and you see a lot of really big deer get killed. But if you're hunting Booger County, Missouri, where we're from, or yeah. where we're at, yeah. it ain't happening most Well, of but the time. I think your expectation has to be real. I mean, I didn't get here. It has to be respective it, it, to the land and the area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the habitat. Yeah, so, you know, I, I traveled, and, and I started with a, with a 40. A 40 turned into an 80. An 80 turned into mm-hmm. a 160. A 160 turned into a 240. And I, you know, it took me 20 years to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and that, but I learned a lot. And putting boots in the ground, making mistakes, observations, and going to seminars and talking to guys like you, um, and getting around with people with your same passions and stealing ideas from this guy and this guy. And before you know it, your plan gets sharper and sharper and the efficiencies go through the roof. And the more you travel, 
as well, going to different states, you truly shorten that learn curve much quicker. Absolutely. And I think that was the part that I wish I would have done sooner was yeah. travel more because I would just stay in the state of Wisconsin mm -hmm. um, for a long time. And when you start going to different states, the exposure and the people, the different terrain, the approaches, then you start coming up with some different ideas and, and bring it to bring it to your own place. And you're like, okay, this can work because you've seen it and it makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. It's tough to see something sometimes on a page or a conversation and apply it. But yeah, when you go definitely. see it and experience it, the application becomes much simpler. It's like a horse with blinders on. Yeah. You're only exposed to what you're exposed to. 100%. And and reaching outside to different regions. Like you said, you're just bringing other ideas and adapting yeah. those strategies, boom, to right here. Yeah. And a lot of times they can be applicable. Right. Just because it's not done the region doesn't mean it can't be done or right. shouldn't be done. I'm not recreating the wheel. Uh-uh. Yeah. I'm just no. sharpening the wheel and, watch and watching how, how the wheel's already created. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one thing. you got to go into this stuff being very open-minded. Yeah. You know? Put the ego in the back seat. If someone's got something to say, two ears, one mouth, put them in that order and, and listen because you're going to come away with something. I, every, all these shows I go to, you know, all these people that come up and say hi and introduce themselves and take pictures, I'm just like everybody else, mm -hmm. you know. It took me a long time to, to get to shoot these, these type of animals, but I was them, you yeah. know. And every time someone wants to talk, I always give them the time because – and I, I'm still learning from them. Yeah, sir. You know, I just heard a story this morning. This is crazy. <clears throat> this will blow your mind. A guy came up to me and said, you ever, he goes, I know you got two 200 inches back to back. He goes, what about two 200 inch deer in the same food plot? Whoa. And I said, like, what's the year span? He said, same year. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. And the two guys were standing there, two different guys, mm -hmm. same farm, same plot, 203 and a 208. Unreal. Unreal. So it's just, I mean, these stories like this are just fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I, I, a guy gave me advice one time years ago. He said, don't ever get to a point where you think you know everything, because just when you do, a man with gray hair is going to walk up yeah. and tell you something, and it's going to blow your mind. It's going to resonate. And yeah. And so that for us, it's like, all we we're not recreating the, the wheel with our consulting business. All we do is try to replicate the way yeah. nature was designed and make it more beneficial to the whole ecosystem. And spatially put it where it needs to be yeah. and, the, and the right thing to make it then That's huntable. Good. That's a very good point. So yeah. it, it just, right, it's not recreating the wheel. It's just manipulating in the right way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to childhood, Pheasant hunt. Have you been quail or pheasant hunting in years? When was the last time you did that? <sighs> Three years ago. Okay. Three years okay. ago. And it's always with we, – we had a standing tradition since I was – so uh, the family tradition was three generations. Yeah. And until you become 12, which is in Nebraska is when you get to carry a uh, mm -hmm. shotgun, yeah. you are the dog. <laughs> so it's a pecking order. So you get to come up with the aunts or the, the uncles and the cousins, but if you're south of 12, you're in the ditches mm -hmm. with the orange vests getting them off, getting off their bed or getting them out of the ditches. And so yeah. um, once you become a gun carrier, the next cousin, you get to point to him and go, you're in the ditch <laughs> and I'm out yeah. on the back. Yeah. So um, towards the end, we, we uh, had uh, three generations going, and then we lost, I don't know if you saw the special in Critical Mass where my Uncle Jerry passed away. Okay. Mm. And he was he was definitely the backbone behind keeping it running. Mm. And then some of us moved away and jobs, things, and life's changed. But we did it for, it was like 22 years in a row. Wow. On Thanksgiving Day? On Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. We would, we would do it uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
and uh, awesome. yeah, it was really cool. In Spalding, Nebraska, we would travel to my my dad's, and which was my uncle's hometown, of mm-hmm. population five hundred, mm. and um, more birds than people. More birds and people. <laughs> you got it. And it was more about the family and the relationships. And, oh, by the way, we're hunting. Yeah. You know, and the memories will be forever burned in my my back of my mind that were probably some of my best of memories ever yeah. in, in, the, in the outdoor lifestyle. Mm-hmm. For us, our Thanksgiving holiday tradition was Thanksgiving afternoon. In between lunch and dinner, we quail hunted. Oh, and it cool. was always get the bird dog and go out with grandpa and cool. we would bird hunt and at that point there was still enough quail but i was so young couldn't same thing couldn't carry a gun till i was 12 right. so you see a lot of these home videos and you'll see my brother my grandpa or, awesome. and my dad holding the camera and then it'll pan and you'll see me over in the yeah. bushes or whatever throwing rocks in the creek or awesome. running around and so yeah very similar traditions for thanksgiving so yeah. some of those memories i'll never forget so it is it's yeah. the best yeah so how did you translate okay bow hunting, loving deer, learning land, to getting connected with the Drury Outdoor team. Span that time for us. There was a gen- gentleman named uh, Brian Thompson who was a DOD team member at the time. So this is going back 20 years, roughly. <coughs> and he lived in Madison, Wisconsin. And I lived just on the east side of Madison. And we were at a uh, Madison Deering Turkey Expo, oh, which yeah. is very similar. What's the to big one up in Wisconsin? That's called Deer Fest. Deer Fest. Yeah, that's, right. that's okay. in like uh, August, I believe. Okay. Or July. Gotcha. It's in the summertime. Okay. And this was always in. Uh, it's always the last last week in March or first week in April, something like that. And uh, I was walking, and I recognized them from the videos, mm-hmm. and struck up a conversation. Right. If I Unfortunately, maybe I'm not too shy. Maybe that's a good trade or bad trade. I, I don't know. But in this you case, just stick your hand yeah, I, yeah. hey, man, I'm going to yeah. find you. That's it. And um, he walked by, and I started talking to him. And before we knew it, um, we're having lunch. And uh, one thing On we, you? Yeah, on me. <laughs> on me. He's a lunch guy. Yeah. And uh, we started talking. And before we knew it, I actually just talked to him two days ago on the way down here. Oh. He called me. That's cool. And uh, so we started talking. And it wasn't about me about filming. It was about getting to somebody's brain who – you know, takes it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I always trying to f- surround myself with somebody who's, who's somewhere where I'm trying to get to. And uh, he's talked and built a relationship. And then um, I said, you know, that was probably two or three, two years later or so. Um, I said, you know, if you ever find a farm in Iowa, I'd, I'd love to, to buy one. And I just kind of said it in passing. And then one night uh, I get a phone call mm-hmm. and it's Mark Jury. And he says, hey, um, this is Mark. I answered the phone. He goes, this is Mark. And I, I recognize the voice. Yeah. But I couldn't piece it together. And he goes, I go, Mark who? Excuse me. And he goes, Mark Drew. And I go, okay. I know that name. I know that <laughs> name. I go, what, what's going on, Mark? And he says, well, I, I got your name from Brian Thompson. I said, really? I said, why, why are you calling me? He said, I hear you might be interested in some ground. I said, I am. And he said, well, I may have a farm to sell you. And I said, you're kidding me. And he goes, but we're going to, he goes, I, the only reason why I'm calling you is because Brian spoke very highly of you mm-hmm. and, and I want to sell it to a guy that I can trust and know and that all type of thing. So he invited me down, let me stay in his house and we did not go to bed that night. I think I got there about seven o'clock at night and we didn't go to bed till about 4.30 a.m. <laughs> and all Did we, we just become best friends? And <laughs> yep. we just talked about deer and family and life goals. And That's cool. I went to bed going, 
I just had a eight hour interview mm-hmm. is when I laid my head down in a very, very methodical and respectful way. He was trying to sort out who his neighbor was going to be. Sure. Yeah. And because that's his livelihood. And, and, and I respected that and walked the farm the next day. And, you know, a month later, I bought it. And then we, Adam came into the mix and he said, hey, you know what? First year, he goes, why don't you film for me? And I said, no. I whacked a 162 and six eighths with my bow the very first year I had the farm. And if I would have been on the team that year, I'm 99.9% certain. I'm going out on a limb on saying this, but it would have been the biggest deer shot that year. Oh, wow. On video, if I was part of the team. Mm-hmm. And so then Mark said, you know, <coughs> we really need to talk. And um, that's when they started bringing guys like Adam down. And throwing in front of me and say, "Hey, try this." Yeah, here's and this rookie amateur yeah. cameraman. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. and he's so never he's seen 130. In he's going to shake every time yeah. it comes yeah. by, bigger than a basket rack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of how it really started. That's and then cool. a trial period for a couple three years, and then a, a basically a proving point. And you know, through production and doing the right things and ethical things, and making mm-hmm. sure they're they want to associate somebody with their brand. Absolutely. And, you know, they got to vet that out very well, and uh, rightfully so, well, and very and respectfully so. they've obviously so. done a good job. That's, that's they awesome. They have. And um, so one thing led to another, and then they s- called me one day and said, hey, we want you on full time. And I said, love to. And that was, you know, about uh, God, eight, eight years ago, nine years ago. I'm shooting at the hip here. Yeah, I was going to say, I filmed you that. Eight years ago, seven years nine ago. Nine years ago. And you were pretty new with yeah. them. Yep. And then it was a shortly two year, it after. Was, it was two years. Two year trial period. I had, uh, every time I like could turn on a show or whatever, and it, ironically, there you were. And I was like, my gosh, I filmed that guy. Yeah. Yeah. They put me on yeah. a trial period for two years and then moved me over to the full call, so called team member mm-hmm. status and been there ever since. Wow. Talk about a first class organization, though. Yeah. I mean, it starts at the top with Mark and Terry. I mean, and then obviously uh, Matt and Taylor are very much involved mm-hmm. more and more every day. But, it, yeah. you know, they all say um, the foundation's at the top. Yeah. And those guys are just really ground to earth, humbled, incredible individuals that do everything the right way. Yeah. And that's good. It's awesome. Good to hear. Yeah, going back. Well, that's why they're successful too. A hundred percent. Yeah. No 30, question. 30, what? 30 years. 30 years. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Wow. 30 years. Time. It is a long time. Especially in this industry. I mean, that's a that's unheard of. I think it is unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. And they just got inducted into the Missouri yeah. Sports Hall of Fame a that's couple right weeks here. ago. Yeah. It's in Springfield. Yeah. 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 It's right here. Yeah. Which is the first hunting hunting family or or element mm-hmm. into the Hall of Fame. Uh, that's really neat. That's very, yeah. It's a, what a, what an accomplishment, what a compliment, no right? Doubt. Yeah. No and, doubt. And, and huge for the industry uh, absolutely. to, to have to a Hall of Fame like to recognize the the hunting industry. A and sports and, uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, like yes. I've been going there because yeah. it's, it's 40 minutes from my right. uh, hometown. I was there just a couple of years ago. My high school baseball coach got inducted because he's like the most win- the winningest high school baseball coach in, in the oh. history of Missouri. And, sure. and there's always been sports guys there, and every once in a while you hear that a former Cardinal or a Royals mm-hmm. there. And then all of a sudden I saw this post, and it's like, holy cow, they got inducted in the Sports Hall of Fame. Like, 
That's that's a big mm-hmm. deal. That's called somebody's recognizing the hunting industry as equal to other sport they, organizations. Or they or broke down a lot of barriers that afternoon. Oh yeah, yeah. and oh, a yeah. very and and you know what? When you look across, who could be a better face to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the history, the story. Yeah, they're just really really wonderful people. Yeah. yeah. Somebody posted the other day about uh, about them and the 30 years of the change and said, we appreciate you sticking around and sticking through the years of the Coke bottle glasses and the mustaches. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> going back going back in the day. I ways. guarantee you, if you would have asked them 30 years ago if they're going to give a farm away, yeah, right, right oh, to, yeah. to do a token appreciation for 30 years of mm-hmm. allowing them to do what they truly passionately love to do as a living for a living, they would have yeah. laughed at you and said, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> now here they are. Not my farm. Not my farm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I haven't seen, and, and I, th- I guess the details are out now what is yeah. the the giveaway 60 acre 60 farm, acre farm are they handing the deed over or are they letting somebody hunt it every year well, i understand it's theirs okay so they're basically just making a drawing deed, deed, going it's one hundred percent yep they're doing wow. all the food plots hanging the sets <coughs> laying it out doing all that so when they walk in it is 100 percent turnkey mark and terry approved Come hunt it. you know hmm. nailed nailed mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. to putnam county missouri northern missouri crazy yeah. isn't it I yeah. mean, what a incredible generous gift yeah. gesture. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That speaks volumes. It does. It truly does. Mm. So, what also speaks volume is your last two years <laughs> <laughs> of being a bow hunter. Break yeah. that down and and uh, kind of catch people up on what the last two years have been like for you in the tree stand. You know, you say that. Uh, Luck strikes you once or lightning, however that says, but I never thought it would strike me twice. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Major League was fall of 17, who ended up going 203, but he really was a, a four-year quest. We, ch- we knew of him back when he was, to put it in perspective, the deer was seven and a half when we harvested him. Mm. And Derek, Derek, my son at the time, was 14. Um, Derek named him when he was nine. Oh, that's cool. So we were sitting in the kitchen table going through pictures, and it came up, and he looked at me. He was, he's a baseball junkie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he looked at me and said, Dad, that is a major league deer. And he was young. He was only three. Wow. Uh, the deer was three. Yeah. And I looked at him, and he says, what's so funny? I go, that's the deer's name, Major mm-hmm. League. He goes, all right, let's call him Major League. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so on board. I'm on board. So <laughs> there we go. Major League was born. Um, and that's when he had three main beans, and he would have been, you know, Plus or minus Boone mm-hmm. a, as a three-year-old because of his third main bean. Mm. And then um, we were hunting him that fall, and we had an encounter with him, which I thought he was four based on pictures. Mm-hmm. And we had an encounter with him at roughly 44, 45 yards with a bow. And I looked at him, and the camera guy's like, we're going we're gonna to sh- we're gonna harvest this guy? We're gonna, what, what are we doing here? And, and it, I looked at him, and I said, I can't do it. And he looked at me like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> And he goes, and he goes, why? And I go, he's not four. Yeah. He's three. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that until I saw him on the hoof. And so we let him, let him walk. And then the the saga of Major League really started. (laughs) Right. Did you have any encounters with him the the following years before you harvested? No, we had, the next year we didn't have any, uh, the next two years we had no encounters with him. Mm. And then uh, he actually went down when he was four. Uh, he came back up a little bit when he was five, really blossomed at six. Uh, at six, he was uh, his sheds were roughly a 180-class deer. Um, 
but we we hunted our tails off on him. We changed the farm around him, but we couldn't figure it out. But what changed the whole method of how we hunted him was the spring of 2016. Uh, there's a place at the farm we called the Pretty Woods, and uh, we took the whole family shed hunting, mm-hmm. and that was the number one thing we we're going to find. So we, I said, we got three days of shed hunt. We're going to focus on this side of the farm because I want to find this shed. Yeah. And within the first two hours, believe it or not, we found a shed. Wow. We called the Pretty Woods. Match set. First Dang. first match set I have ever found. How close together were they? 50, 60 yards. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I found the first one, and then mm-hmm. I screamed because I knew who he was. And yeah. I got everybody close to me, and we just started circling, right? Because uh-huh. it was the leaves were heavy, and it was a very timber yeah. um, wood section. And Derek, I think, found the second one. Mm, within just a few minutes and so earmark right mm-hmm. pretty woods here's his shed boom make it mark the next next time we come back in we hunt him that fall we had one encounter with him but didn't see much of him went in the spring of 17 went to the same pretty woods found the same match set within 60 yards no. of the oh. previous year that's ridiculous. That's just unheard of. And so Iowa, baby. Yeah. So so <laughs> I looked at Casey yeah. and I said, He's done. Mm-hmm. I go, What do you mean he's done? I go, We're gonna get him this year. And I said, right there. And we hung a set in July and um went in that fall and, and um saw him in the morning of the sixth and then we saw him in the morning of the seventh and we adjusted our set thirty two yards um down the ridge. On the afternoon of the seventh, and we killed him the morning of the ninth. Mm. All because of shed hunting. So always. If he's that predictable year after year, why isn't he going to do it day to day? Yeah. Yep. So we hunted him five or six straight days, and we saw him four out of those days. Mm. But we never saw him anywhere else. On the very seldom on the plots, he was coming in at night. I'm talking daylight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daylight stuff. And I'm like, he's and his his core completely shrunk within, you know, we're going to estimate 60, 80, 80 acres. Mm. And he wouldn't come out during, very seldom, very yeah. seldom. But he was running this ridgeline. <coughs> and that second set is what finally triggered me and said, this is it. That's a great reminder, too, of how often do you see a deer that's coming to a food plot and it's all after dark. And you're like, where is he? Where is mm-hmm. he? How can I? I I'm never going to yeah. be able to kill that deer because he's always moving during dark. That doesn't mean he's not moving during daylight, but it may be closer to the bedding. That's right. And you guys just went closer to the bedding yep. and got right in there after him. Yeah. How how intrusive, you know, do you think you were being by by putting a set there? Like, you know what, this is, oh, I'm all in. We, we, we hung it in July. Yeah. And we didn't go back in until the morning of the 6th. Yeah. And we went in an hour early. Okay. Dark. Made sure it was a high-pressure day. The mm-hmm. wind was perfect. And we packed food and water. We like we're going in. We're coming out of dark. Going in the dark. Coming out of dark. Yep. And we saw him the very first morning at uh, ten fifteen. I oh, saw wow. I saw a rack coming from the north, which, which we anticipated that's where he'd be yep. coming from. And um, I'm like, Casey, can you get on him? Because I did not have the angle. And it was dead silence. He's like, it's him. And I'm like, who? And he goes, it's him. Hmm. The one. The one. And um and at that I have never been dominated by an animal before until that moment. Hmm. And he come walking down the ridge and I could see him coming and it was like in slow motion, right? You you've chased this animal for four years, 
right? You put everything, you sweat equity, food yeah. plots, all those things you do to, to get to this moment. And I could, I was so fixated that this is actually him mm -hmm. that I couldn't process that I need to get ready to shoot. And so here comes the first window of opportunity. It comes and goes. Oh, wow. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm here. I, I need wait, to. Wait, wait, this is my moment. This is my <laughs> moment. So he completely took my o my overall being. It's mm -hmm. really, really crazy. Up to that point, what was the biggest deer you'd seen on the hoof in a tree stand? From a, oh, that close? I never had a, I never had a Boone and Crockett. Yeah. No. So it, in, a, in the 60s. With reason, he in, took in your breath 60s, away. Yeah. In the 60s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Within bow range. Yeah. In the 60s. Phew. Yeah, so he, he completely dominated my yeah. inner being, yeah. controlled my mind, my thinking, mm. everything. And then he went by the first window, and the second window came. Obviously, I got my composer, and that was at 54, 55 yards. Uh, Grind on and try to stop him, and of course, he stops with a tree blocking oh his, yeah. his vitals. Naturally. Yeah, and not that I was going to try to shoot at 54, 55, but and then he walked out. And then we saw him again, um, sat the rest of the day, did not see him. Um, saw him again the morning of the 7th at like 8.15 on the same side of the ridge and um, did not have an, ever an opportunity. He was at 65, 66. Um, generally that same trail? That generally you the same trail. Okay. So I'm going note to self, right? Two mm -hmm. days in a row. Uh, if we're going to you know, make a move, we got to make a move. We're going to do two things. We're going to push him out or we're going to harvest him. we gotta, we got to do something. So I looked at Casey at noon on the 7th, and I said, we got to move this set. Um 30, 31 yards, I rained a tree. I said, that's the tree. And pull him down at noon on the 7th, walked him over, hung him, climbed back up, sat the rest of the day. Didn't see him the rest of the day on the 7th. I went back in on the 8th, another high pressure north wind. Went back on the 8th. Didn't see much of anything that day. So now I'm thinking we've Did just officially blew him out. <laughs> All the does. Oh, man. Yeah. Seeing the scent, yeah. Yeah. us pulling a set down, moving over, the you know, all that stuff. You start being yeah. Mr. Negative, laying in bed, and I'm, he goes, what do you want to do? And I said, we don't have choice. I go, e every day we're moving, it's, it's locked down. So he mm -hmm. may be locked down. That's why we didn't see him. Sure. Um, climb back up the morning of the 9th, and sure enough, come no, uh, due west of us, I see a doe, and she's acting funny. And I said, Casey, get on this doe. I don't know what's coming, but it's different. And he was dogging a doe. And 7.15, the rest is history. Mm. Yeah. Biggest deer up to that point by, by 40, 40 inches. inches. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Shattering. Yeah. yeah. Shattering that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. But a four-year quest. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hard work, devotion, time, yeah. all everything you named. That, that deer put me in a position to take down extra innings. I don't think I would have been able to take down extra innings without – being taught what ex what major league taught me in those mm -hmm. f in that four-year period you know we went through all these pictures and every single trail picture we ever had of him he never broke a time huh so that told me what that not the dominant not the dominant he's not a fighter mm, his attitude yeah. was not there so we were very reluctant on calling him because mm -hmm. i was afraid i might sure. uh, we actually saw 140 from a distance 145 actually nudge him off yeah. Interesting. Just a very mild demeanor. Very mild demeanor. Huh. Now, you, now you wouldn't have thought that when sure. you saw him, yeah. but his demeanor was. And, and when we look back at all the trail pictures, not one time was ever broken in that period of time. Mm. 
that goes with another podcast we had with a, a friend of ours talking about who a guy who monitors his deer herd like crazy and he talks about bully bucks, even though they're couldn't be a lot smaller, they're the ones who end up taking over a food plot or taking it's over the an attitude. Area. Mm-hmm. And he said, So you there's there's choline we know that choline for genetics, superior or genetics, doesn't work yeah. in live deer. But we know that, uh, he said, I truly believe col- choline personalities from the deer herd is a must. After this, I 100% agree with him. And so you find the bully buck, and it may not even be the biggest buck. No. More often than not, they're not. <clears throat> right. And and you try to get him out of there to where the, your younger, more superior genetic deer stay within that area. Yeah. You don't get and shot. That's probably why yeah. Major League also had a, just a very small core area that he was comfortable in. He uh, knew it, he and did, that was he, that he, was where yeah. he was at. He didn't want to rumble with anybody. Yeah. I'm fine with I am. I don't want to wrestle with anybody. Just leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. I'm going to grow up to be 203 inches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy oh, how that man. works. Unbelievable. Yeah. So at that point, you've harvested Major League, the biggest deer of your career, and it's going what now? I mean, at, at some point when you started bow hunting, there was probably a time where you were like, what was the pinnacle for you? Was well, it I, I think it's fair to say that every every bow hunter, I think we're all guilty, right? What, what is oh, that? Yeah. What is that magic number? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. In, in, in any profession, right? Everybody's sure. got that profession sure. they're chasing. That's kind yeah. of that magic a window, goal. Yeah. a goal, right? Yeah. And and I would say that 200 inch mark is where we all fall into that we're all guilty of. Yep. I think. Yeah. And uh, Boone, you know, Boone is one thing, mm-hmm. uh, but that's a, a bit a huge step. Yeah. Not to under, undermine anything, but then that 200 is kind of like that that ultimate level. And, and I looked at Casey and I said, you know what? We need to slow down and enjoy this because it's probably never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. I mean, Casey was literally, he was, we both almost fell out of the tree Wow! when that happened. I mean, we, we cried, we hugged. Um, I mean, we were two grown men. You didn't kiss, did you? No, we didn't. <laughs> we what did. stays in the pretty woods no. stays. <laughs> yeah, you know, but you, you get you get so, you get so invested in these things that yeah. when, when these yeah. moments in time happen one they're, they're hard that's to believe it. and two the emotion that come over you you have no way of controlling it mm-hmm. yeah you know it was it was absurd yeah i mean i went from laughing to crying to shaking to literally hanging on to the tree and, right. it, and, and if you want to see the whole whole episode you can go to uh jury outdoors uh, youtube channel and, and type in 203 uh glance grand slam and It'll see Major League, and it's I think it's like almost six hundred fifty thousand or seven hundred thousand views. Wow! Um, wow. And it, it tells you that it's a f- eighteen, nineteen, twenty-minute clip. It Just tells you raw. the f- raw footage, start mm. to finish. I think uh, that's neat. One thing I always liked in that <coughs> DOD atmosphere was the kind of the team mentality to where. It wasn't just you, the hunter, but the cameraman's just as invested. 100%. And it's that way with with Mark's camera guy, Terry's camera guy. 100%. They're all in it together to where if if the hunter kills it, the cameraman gets glory for it too. And, and oh yeah, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, how many times a, a deer has been saved because the camera too many to count, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So when it all comes together, it's a special moment. And yeah, and it you takes know? both people in the tree both. to coordinate to make it happen to communicate. And the odds are not in your favor. They are not. <laughs> no, <laughs> they are not. No, it's so not easy. It was really the foundation of honing my skills to. I don't. I don't think I would have been in a position mentally mm-hmm. to harvest extra innings this past fall without having Major League come through and teach me so much that he did. So extra innings coming from Major League now. Extra innings comes on the scene. <laughs> Some point during the summer, you're like July. July, you're like, oh my gosh, game on. 
yeah. this guy is. I'm like, I don't believe this. <laughs> I looked at Casey, you realize we may have a chance of hitting two and back to back. And he said, that's crazy. I think it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, what's the chance, right? Sure. Yeah. It's, 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 to me, it's like. It's unrealistic. In the baseball world, you're a baseball guy. A huge baseball Perfect guy. Perfect game. Yeah, pretty much. And, and pretty it's much. like. How often do you see pitchers throwing a perfect game? Not very often. No. Maybe a no-hitter since there's 200 getting yeah. killed every year. But yeah. the, what are the chances? And so for you guys, Zero now you've got another one on your radar. Yeah. And um, we saw first picks came in July, and when that happened, our whole season stopped at that point. I looked at him and I said, whatever we need to do, we're going to go and put every camera within a radius of this guy, and we're going to – Blitz him like we've never blitzed anything, and we're going to mm-hmm. know anything and everything. We every can f- movie makes. Every we need to yeah, know. we need to know, and so we did. And God is my witness; He was only on one camera. <laughs> Jeez. And he he had shrunk, and that's because of the stuff that you guys have taught us, and really guided us in the right direction for TSI, the warm season grasses the native grasses, mm-hmm. and he had the water, he had all this, th- the food. Um, you try to stack everything in your favor to not allow deer to go to the neighbor. Yeah. You give them every reason to stay. And yep. Yep. through the education and the guidance that you guys have given us for the past few years, it's a huge part, you know. Um, I said he was 27 inches, score or 27 total inches, or 27 points, but 26 were actually scorable in an interview that I did. Uh, after harvest, I said there is. I can name at least 26 people, 27 people, that helped me achieve this goal, because there's no way I would have done it by myself. Because there's yeah. so many variables that go into it. Were we like a G- G2 or G3? I, well, you can go whatever. You <laughs> can be main it. beam. Yeah. I don't care. You know, because it's 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 a huge part of the whole thing. Nova on the back, nobody notices. That's where you were. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was the drop uh, time that got broke off. Yeah. Yeah. Left Did he have any somewhere. points broken off? No. None. No. Wow. Mm. So, so, but but here's another interesting point of this deer, which is, you know, we've been doing trail picks for, oh man, 15, 16, 20 years. I I, got to go back in time, see Yeah, 20 years. 20, 21 years. I've been doing trail pictures. God, I can't realize I'm that old. (laughs) 21 years. So, 20 years. So, that is the most buck. Regardless of age, mm-hmm. photographic animal I've ever had. And in one single camera. Though. On one single camera, we had more daylight pictures of him in, of when I compare other bucks mm-hmm. than any other deer I've ever tracked. <laughs> he's the biggest. And he's the biggest. <laughs> so so it, it testaments, I think, to the habitat, right? Um, to the food, to the water, to the cover, to the bedding, mm-hmm. all of it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Of Lawam concentrating the resources for them to use, and that's going to concentrate their movements. And you saw that they and don't that have to go to another block of timber, another area to get what they not need. Not saying they won't. Not sure. saying they won't. But I need to give them every reason not to. Yeah, uh-huh. it's and, like and that goes back to when I said when I flipped the switch, you know, <coughs> 16, 17, 18 years ago, when I realized I need to care more about the land mm-hmm. than I do the deer. I think this is another prime example of it. Yeah, we were taking coming ca- full circle. Coming full circle, we were taking care of the land. And that ended up taking care of the deer. Mm. I think I've heard this statement where people say, I'd rather hunt a deer that has a big area because I know he's moving a lot. Mm. I would rather have deer that have small areas that move a little bit. 100%. And because, like, he's a great example, and and you see bucks that have these small core areas where 
we know that they have everything they need right there. So they don't have to risk going to another food plot to bump into a more dominant deer that's going to whoop him, gouge an eye out. Right. Just put them in a nice little hidden spot and know that they're there. So most photogenic, biggest deer. Yeah. Daylight. 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 Yeah. And you and guys. That, and that goes for daylight and, and night pictures. We had more pictures of him. And I'm not talking, I'm talking one-year-old, two-year-old, I don't care what, what buck you have in our library of photos. He was the most photogenic buck I've ever had. Wow. He was comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why he was comfortable is because the habitat was, was yeah. where he wanted and to be. I guess for the habitat standpoint for us, you know, talked about your farm. You bought it. Uh, I forget what year you bought it, but it was old cattle, old yeah, cattle yeah. ground. Nine to 2010, <coughs> 2011. So like there's that. just been a, a, a restoration to where you remove it from old cattle ground back yeah. to more of a prairie setting where you have all the, the native, the native grasses and the native forbs to where you've got a lot more cover. You've got a lot more food during the summer yeah. months. You've got a lot more um, just healthy habitat to yeah. where a deer can survive on that alone but the food plots help they're more the ice cream type where they're going to come there for that for that little bit different variety, variety. of diet you and bet. uh you guys you've got a what was the scenario what was the food plots uh we had brassicas and clovers in front of us then we had a bottleneck we'll call it an hourglass effect um and then we had a bottleneck that was 31 yards from our setup and then that opened up to uh, a bean field to the west of us that was three or four acres mm. So I love the bottleneck setting yep. where you've got one on yep. one side and yep. the other on the and you've got some way to funnel them by you. Yep. So that took years to do, right? That's yeah. That just didn't happen. So people said, how lucky are you? And I'm like, well, that luck started 20 years ago. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I, I had this conversation just this morning down in the booth mm-hmm. at the uh, Quest Hunt uh, booth. A uh, guy came up because uh, X-Ray News Rack is down there and he's like, yeah. hey, can I, t- you know, do the whole thing, the picture, sure, sure, sure. And he goes, "What's give me the, give me your top five things I killed him. And I was like, fair question, but I, I can't answer that because yeah. um, it's 20 years of things that I've learned and adjusted that put me in that moment in time that I don't think I would have been here if I didn't go through that, that mm-hmm. learn curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that maybe sound a little – I don't know how else to answer the question. Right. But well, I'm being honest. A, it's not a simple answer. It's not a simple answer. Yeah. You know, I mean, the control burns, how we, you know, mm-hmm. divide the farm up and yeah. do control burns and focus on one set and go the next year. And, and I think you guys had done a burn in that area where we did. extra innings was. We did, so yes. yes. Very, this, uh, The yeah. spring of 18, we did. And that's where we found the sheds. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I, and to me, uh, you know, when you, you walked us through that kind of setup, it's like, it all makes sense. You spent the most amount of time in that part of the farm trying to restore and help some ha- and make the habitat better. That's where he wanted to live, and that's where you ended up taking him. I don't think it's by chance. Yeah. Right. At that point, uh, you know, you're just – he's already chosen that area for s- specific reasons, and then you're just enhancing and making it that much better so he doesn't take out these journeys and yeah. he's just consistent. Exactly. And, and once he was consistent, what was the hunting strategy at that point? You're like – the hardest, th- yeah, the, the hardest part was when obviously when the season started, um, we're like, we're going to wait for a north or northwest wind. That's it. Mm-hmm. High pressure day and cold. And I said, we're going to wait till late October, early November to increase the possibility of him being on his feet, obviously. Mm-hmm. Did he ever stop moving during daylight during the warm part of the Indian yeah, summer, basically, yeah, he the did, October lull? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, there was still, when, when we collected cameras, he was always the most photogenic deer. Mm-hmm. 
out of when you all racked him, stacked him, he was the one always standing alone when we went through him. Mm. It was just odd. Yeah. You know? Um, so I'm like, this guy's really, really. He's a standout. Yeah. <laughs> he's really, we, our chances are good. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the first north winds are coming. We're getting to like the 20, 25th of October. And Kay's like, you know, we should, you know where we should be. And I said, the pressure's not high enough. I don't want to go. And um, Derek, Missouri youth season, mm -hmm. our father-son annual trip that we've been doing since he was nine. Now he's 15. I'm not going to break this tradition. Yeah. Uh, here we go down to Missouri. And guess what's the first high-pressure <laughs> north wind? Uh, opening day a of father's love of yeah. opening day of Missouri <laughs> youth season and I look at Casey and Casey looks at me and goes you know where we should be and I said I know and I said there's no way I'm walking uh -huh. in there and telling Derek we're not going yeah youth yeah. season no way mm -hmm. yeah so extra and gets you. a pass right and I I was I was thinking I hope we don't regret this but it, it wasn't about the deer it was about yeah. me spending time with Derek yeah because yeah, my window of time with him is very short uh, yeah the deer is not more important than spending time with him absolutely so, you know, the day come and gone, and mm -hmm. we had to wait until October 30th for the next one. And we were watching the weather, and it was high pressure. Um, it was a uh, very overcast day, mm -hmm. um, and the wind was perfect. And I said, Casey, we're going in. We're going in, in two hours early. And I said, when we leave the truck, mom's the word. We're walking like we're on ice. And we don't get try to minimize anything we can because my fear was we knew he was bedded so close because so many daylight pictures we had of him. Right? He couldn't have been traveling that far. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I don't know where he's at, but he is close. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we got to really be smart about this. Yeah. And we were. And at 3:15 ish, we saw him. Oh. Gosh. And um, he was he was dogging a doe actually. Yeah. Wow. And and he came by Oops. us. Where's this footage at? Where, where can a listener go and watch this? You can actually go on uh, DeerCast, which is the new app that uh, mm -hmm. Deer Outdoors released um, this fall. Yep. And you can go under the uh, DeerCast Now section and go under date, which would be October 30th. And you can pull it up and they'll show a little pre-roll to show the hit. Um, so you'll see, I don't know, a minute and a half roughly of footage of him. Okay. But uh, you're welcome to do that because it's, it's amazing footage. Yeah. Um, so we saw him at roughly 3.15, and um, Dog and a Doe, and he went due north into the timber. And I looked at Casey at that point, and I said, we're going to have a chance at this. Because Major League did that two years prior, went in a timber thicket with a doe, and he, she, he came out, but he came out quickly. Mm -hmm. It was a very uh, – I think the footage was never aired because it was like the time we hit the record button, it takes two or three yeah, seconds for the yeah. camera come on. He gets through with a quick flash and then mm -hmm. back out. And I'm like, he's going to do the same thing Major League did. She's going to come out yeah. to eat. So we just got to wait. And She's going to lead him right here. Yep. And sure enough, every doe that came out, I was like, okay, is it her? Is it her? Mm -hmm. Wait, what's behind? Wait behind. Finally on the sixth or seventh or eighth, though, whatever it was, doe come out. And she looked behind. I go, it's got to be her. And he came through a warm season grasses section. And I've never seen this before, doing this a long time. And when he parted the warm season grasses, I said it was like Noah's Ark parting the Red Sea <laughs> because he came out of it. And Casey was lucky enough to get this all in film because mm -hmm. the way she was acting, I said, go ahead and film her. Yeah. And he came out, and it just parted. Oh, wow. And there was three other bucks on the field at the time, some two-year-olds and three-year-olds. And when he hit the, hit the field, they actually moved backwards. 
Mm. It was a dominance within wildlife yeah. that I've never seen before. Hmm. It's like, oh, oh, he's here. He's here. And, the, and they all just kind of gave him his space. Yeah. You know? And he stands really proud and sticks his head up. I mean, he shows how big he is, you know? And everybody just kind of let him have his space. Mellows out. That's yeah. incredible. And then um, it seemed like forever because he's at, I'm going to call it, 75, 85 yards, plus or minus. And um, ins- inside of 100 for sure. And I was like, I got to watch the doe and him because that's the key. Mm-hmm. And he, we had three or four scrapes, I think four scrapes on that field, and one which was a mock scrape, and he went over to one of them, and he started scraping that lasted less than 40 seconds. I think it was 38, 39 on the clock. And and he was quartering away at 48 yards in case he's like, now's your time, now's your time. And I'm like, I got to think. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And as I'm thinking, I'm watching him quartering away 48 do I take the shot? I'm mm-hmm. looking. I'm watching her. And as he's starting to slow down scraping, she starts moving. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to bet on the come. And she starts walking right in front of us and going through the bottleneck, which is 31 yards away. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this bet, and I'm going to gamble. And he stopped scraping, and he stopped, and he looked. Two and a half, three seconds, didn't find her. Off he goes, and she's around the corner, so he cannot see her. Mm-hmm. Just just around the corner. Yeah. And he starts running to go get her. He makes the turn. She is still there. He puts the brakes on. And 31 <laughs> yards. It happens to be broadside at 31 yards. Yeah. Quartering away oh. at 31. Yeah, yeah. So the blind's set up that way, though, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. By yeah. design. By design. That's yeah, correct. That's exactly yeah. how it's. That's where you go that's into food yeah. plot and property architecture. architecture. No question. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So everything was by design, and it actually worked. To I mean, if you, Tom Brady, you know, laid out <laughs> laid out a plan, that's how he would have laid it out. Yeah. And that's, that's how. That's where it, habitat enhancement and property architecture married together, is it, a deadly combination. It's it's as magical as it can possibly be. Mm. Yeah. And then obviously it, it, the rest I mean, is history. I would say there's always exceptions to everything, but nine times out of ten, under most circumstances, they're going to do that, mm. and you capitalized on it. Yeah. So two thirty nine, right? Two thirty nine. Yeah. Sure. What were his sheds last year? Uh, plus or minus one eighty. <laughs> big yeah. jump. Yeah. Big jump. Did you know he was that big? No. Even no. on all those pictures. No, we we me and Casey uh, were ran the tape all the time. Yeah. And yeah. fun. Right, because you get different angles. Oh, let's let's. What yeah. do you think of that point now? Because they're always exposing himself. I mean, he's got sure. he's got forty points of extras and forty inches of mass. <coughs> you know, <laughs> the main beams are just short Jeez. of twenty twenty seven inches. They're twenty six oh. and change, but they didn't quite hit twenty seven. Um, so Unreal. yeah. So what was the spread? Oh man, I've been asked this question a million times, and I get major league and um, and extra innings. I, we'll have to go tape him. I'm I'm, right. I'm embarrassed yeah. to tell you I can't remember. He's big it's enough. It's, it's, yeah, a lot. it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, yeah. So, anyway, um, we were to your point. We had him at uh, 212 to 218. Is mm-hmm. is what we thought we were going to 215. We just kind of settled it'll be yeah. it'll be bigger in major league. Right. You know. And then we laid him on the ground, and and then we picked him up, and I was I was I was really quite quiet because every time I turned him, I saw Something stuff I didn't see in pictures. Oh wow. And then we uh, we met up with uh, with Mark. I sent a text to Mark, uh, to my wife, Derek, and Mark at the same time. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a wonderful story. Mark sends me a text on the way to the set that day. And he says, hey, man, we're a bunch of us are together. Uh, Terry's in camp. We'd love to have you join us for dinner if you can. Um, we're going to Mexico. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I said, that, I responded, I said, that will be my plan B. And he said, what's your plan A? And I said, I'm taking down extra innings. He goes, I love your plan A. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and so I texted him and I said yeah. something like plan A. Executed. Exclamation point. And, you know, Jeez. the phones blew up. And oh. he goes, get your butt to Mexican ASAP. We, everybody's waiting. So the story's even sweeter, right? So he's in yeah. the truck. And um, we walk up the table and there's really at least a dozen people. It's, uh, Mark, Terry, Taylor, all the camera guys are there. Yeah. Uh, Wade, Will. Uh, their wives and girlfriends, and I can't. I'm I'm probably forgetting somebody because I apologize, but there are so many people, and um, uh, they had just gotten their drinks, and everybody gets up and and from the table and walks out the restaurant. And the owner's <laughs> like, "What the heck just yeah. happened?" <laughs> he's service. he's yeah. like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" And yeah. I said, "No, we'll be back. We got something to do." Yeah. So we go back to the truck and and obviously throw down the uh, tailgate of the Ram, and and um, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And then so somebody said, "Let's do some guesses." And this is the part that got really interesting, mm-hmm. which was Mark and Terry were 215, 220. Um, everybody was around that 210 to 220. Yeah. And then uh, Will, Wade's brother, mm-hmm. said 230. And Now, we didn't tape him at this point. And Will said 230, and everybody looked at him like he was like, absolutely crazy. crazy. <laughs> there is, I mean, everybody was laughing at him. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then come to find out, he's the closest one of the bunch. Nine at the, more inches. At nine more inches, and he <gasps> fell short, but he was 239. So... It was funny how it all went down. Did you so have to remeasure it after? You're like, is, are we sure that's right? Well, you know the the, I, and I credit uh, Mark and Terry for this. I know this goes back to years and having a lot of wisdom. Um, was they said we don't want you to be a part of the scoring. Let us let somebody yeah. else score it. And so we went off and had a conversation, and we were talking about it, and you know just yeah, talking yeah. about the day and the events, and and Casey was there, and Wade was there, and Kyle was there, and. I can't remember uh, Will. I think there was four or five people helping, mm-hmm. taping, writing, you know, being involved in the process. And I was close enough that when they got to the total, I, I someone said, you better add that up again. Mm-hmm. And then they said, are you sure? Let's do that one more time. And I thought, how big is this thing? Yeah. Mm. And and then they showed me, and you can see the, see the clip on, you can actually go on DeerCast and see the clip. And they'll, and they'll air it on critical mass, but I believe they did a, sp- a segment of when live, actual, the real time, they showed me the score, and they typed it on their phone and then showed me on their phone the number, and I, I was blown away. blown away, absolutely blown away. And then Mark, which I did not know this at the time. It didn't process for me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going through the – we uh, Mar- Mark and Terry were talking, and, and we were talking about the score, and then uh, Mark goes, you know, we d- – Greg, do you realize that you just harvested the largest whitetail in DOD history of over 30 years gunner bow? Mm. And he goes, this is of, you know, epic proportions. Yeah. And when he said that, that's when I was like, I was really humbled, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's been a lot of incredible people, part of the DOD team throughout the years that are flat out killers, man. Mm -hmm. Big buck slammers. And, And to be part of that that echelon of of conversation i mm-hmm. didn't felt very worthy to be part of that conversation well and it, it broke it but it kind of shattered it yeah. a little bit didn't it yeah uh, uh, goliath was 235 or something 234 mm. something yeah. like that unreal yeah no and, matter and, what and all a great thing deer. for me 
um, years of holding a camera. It's incredible footage. Oh, Casey. Lee no, not anything uh, negative towards the other giant deer that were killed on film, but yeah. the, the footage you could tell where it's like, let's just get this deer killed, mm. and the footage was number two. Casey killed it with killed the footage. It. Nailed it. It's some Beautiful. of the best footage you'll see of any deer, but let alone yeah. the largest one in DOD history. We, were, we, we actually had a, a, a really good time that night with a group of people. <laughs> and it was, it was a long evening, I'll yeah, put it yeah. that way. And uh, <laughs> so we were back at Mark's place, and they said, put the footage in. So I'm going to summarize what you were just saying. Yeah. And so we're all sitting in Mark's living room. We put the footage up. And, and I don't know who asked the question. Somebody asked, hey, Terry, uh, how does this stack up? And he paused sitting there, and he said, on a scale of 1 to 10, this is a 20. Mm. He goes, there is nothing you could have done better mm-hmm. or have a bigger deer and the way this thing was laid out. Yep. And when he said that, and then he looked at me, and, and I thanked him because it meant a lot. He said, Greg, thank you for making the shot because most guys wouldn't have. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I, from it. a guy who's sat in camp with <coughs> Terry and Mark judging, I'll say that they're, for good reason, DOD is, is, is successful because they hold the caliber so at high. Such, so high. Um, there's been times where I shot stuff I thought was pretty good, and they would be like, no, you need to do this, you need to do this. And would be like, man, I thought I killed it. I know. So for them to say something like that, that just speaks volumes. It very humbled me. You yeah. know, it was a moment to myself in that living room where I'm like, wow, that, that was one of the most ultimate compliments a guy could ever receive. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's one from a small group of people. And then he said, thanks for making the shot, Greg, because most guys wouldn't have. Yeah. And, you know, that, that says a lot coming from a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. sure does. You know, so. Well. Well, that was, I know we pretty well went over an hour, but man, what a great time just to sit down and catch up and tell stories. I learned stuff about your upbringing I didn't know, and I've known mm-hmm. you for nine years. Like, yeah. when it comes to the pheasant and quail and hearing the full story of Major League and extra innings. And I do have one question. I know you get it asked a lot. Yeah. But, and you're an extremely humble guy. Obviously, people are, you know, saying, oh, can it be three years, this and that in a row? <laughs> Removing that from the equation. Yeah. But honestly, yeah. looking forward into the future. Not we're not talking deer yeah. inches, this and that. We're talking mm-hmm. just overall where you want to see the property go and and your your thoughts with the property itself from a, a land manager standpoint. What are you most excited for in the future when it comes to all this? Well, you know, you guys have taught me a lot. I mean, and um you know, my background is, is my dad was a farmer. Mm-hmm. And I was basically, you know, grown up that you should leave the land better than what you, t- what you owned it as mm-hmm. and turn it the best you can and leave it to somebody else because we are the stewards for only for a period of time. You may hold the deed and be the only property, but you are that for a period of time. Sure. And, you know, you should never do things to jeopardize the next generation. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really excites me about this particular farm that – you know, lucky enough to be in a position to have it and to have guys like you consulting with us and, and tweaking it all the time and making it better. Yeah, is, do I want to chase big deer? Sure, that's why I do right. it. But, right. you know, it's really the love of the land. You mm-hmm. know, it's truly, as your slogan is, land and legacy. I mean, I thought what you guys came up was absolutely dead solid perfect because that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what will be my... Will be my, you know, Nicole and Derek's farm when I'm done? I, I don't know, but it's irrelevant because it will be somebody else's child or daughter or son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I want them to walk and go, you know what, this guy who really took care of this, really, you could see his passion and love for it. So you know, when you called me the next day, I think, after you harvested extra innings, and, you, of course, knowing the projects you guys have going on where you're restoring and trying to 
eliminate the cool season grasses, going back to more natives and yeah. knowing the benefits to the whole uh, native species. You guys are in an area with some pheasants, some quail, and I ask you, after we talked yeah, about the deer, I said, yeah. tell me about the pheasants. Yeah. Are you seeing? You're like, oh, my gosh, more pheasants than I've ever seen on this place. Yeah. So four or five years ago, it was an anomaly yeah. mm-hmm. to see one, let alone hear one. Wow. And then with all the stuff we've done in the past three years, this past fall, I heard and seen more pheasants that fall than I had and all the years combined. Oh, wow. Yeah. New Thanksgiving wow. tradition. <laughs> well, <laughs> unfor- <laughs> unfortunately, they, yeah. they're at the same time. And unfortunately, I think there's a conflict of interest of walking yeah. through yeah. these fields with a shotgun, <laughs> unloading them when you're going to go deer hunt the next week. Yeah. So I, I'm not so sure yeah. that, yeah. that that plan maybe is going to go farm. well. Yeah, maybe on another <laughs> farm. So I'm not sure. But at least they're doing. They're happy and flourishing there now. Oh, yeah. Once again. Well, but I think it's it's a true testament to your guys' leadership and your guidance of what you're doing and, and how you're showing others of how this truly works. I mean, you, yeah. you truly have the big scope in mind. And I think when you, if, if you're open enough person to invite you guys on the property to put the boots on the ground and do an assessment, you better be open enough to, to have feedback. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, some of the suggestions you had were very hard for me to go, <laughs> do we really want to do this? Because I know how good this farm is now, uh-huh. yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, you can't glue trees on when you cut them, yep. okay, because I won't yep. get them back in my lifetime. Yep. So that's very difficult mm-hmm. to go, I'm going to go down this path and trust you mm-hmm. because you can't go back. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I'm here to say that you guys were right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, that I just – when people ask me what's some of my favorite areas to work, like we get asked this all the time. Oh, you yeah. probably get asked deer questions. We get asked, yeah, what's, what's your favorite state? What's what your region? favorite region? Yeah. And we always go back to some that are the closest to naturally occurring as far as pre-settlement. And your place in, in, in that region of, of southern Iowa, the oak savannas and prairie. Mm. Taking deer out of the equation just from yeah. a habitat standpoint, yeah. gorgeous. It's, yeah. a, it's a beautiful, yeah. but you it know is. what, Every, uh, you know, we, we, we travel Kansas, we travel Illinois, yeah. we go, you know, Missouri and, and I, I love traveling new places because one of education and learn, mm-hmm. but two, they're all beauty in their own way. That's right. Th- and, they're, yeah. and they're so cool and different, yeah. but until you get out there and experience them and, and see the sunsets and sunrises and see how the deer move and, and oh, why yeah. they're doing it, it, it really makes you so much more of a woodsman mm-hmm. and a land steward that, that it's hard to put in words until you go out and do it. That's right. Absolutely right. Well, I know we got to run to lunch. Yep. Can't thank you enough for coming on. Long time coming. Yep. And uh, hopefully everybody, I know everybody's going to enjoy it. We're talking big deer and habitat and somebody in Iowa. So thank you so much for coming on. And uh, how can they find you? You're on Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. You know, uh, G. Glessinger at at Drury um, Outdoors. And, um, you know, I think uh, with the DeerCast app, Drury Outdoors DeerCast is, if you want to follow anything Jury Outdoors DOD, it is 100%. And you can find it there. You can find it there, and you can follow whoever you want to follow. You know, Facebook, they obviously give us a shout-out and keep us informed and so forth. But that deer cast is going to be truly the foundation moving forward. And, and some of the stuff they have going, I'm going to call it uh, version 2, 2.0, coming out uh, sometime this year between now and I, w- I would suspect uh, September 1st before mm-hmm. the okay. season starts. Um they're really, really going to take it to the next level. So, you know, strap it in, guys, because this stuff that they're doing is just flat out 
unbelievably mm-hmm. cool. Oh. And, and they're and they're doing it for for everybody involved, right? Anybody sure. who's involved in hunting with the new, uh, you know, uh, Facebook share or fan fan share that they're doing now. Anybody can go on and and um, fa- uh, share their posts on on, on the DeerCast app. Right. They're trying to get more people involved, interaction. more interaction. There more content. I think they're they're laying out one, if not three, articles a day on on who knows what to do That's with habitat crazy. to traditions to mm-hmm. anything, just to educate. And the more we can do that, the better off we're going to be. And it's it's a really, really a cool platform that they're really going to take to the next level and continue to do. So Fantastic. I would start there and then go to Instagram. Just about every team member is on Instagram. So There you have it, guys. Thank go you, guys, honestly. You I appreciate the relationship more than you know. Uh, Landon Legacy is, is taking off. I, mean, I remember it wasn't long ago where you called me and said, hey, I got a crazy idea. I'm going to go on my own. I said, more power to you. And here we are how many years later? Two. Two yeah, years two, later. Three, three yeah. years later, and you guys are absolutely killing it from going all over the country, predominantly Midwest, and now some of the East. Yep. And, I mean, you guys are just uh, – I appreciate what you do, and I appreciate our friendship and the not only friendship but on the professional level as well because I think you're a huge part. You're definitely a part of what I achieved, and, and from the deep of my heart, I say thank you. Oh, thank, well, thank you, you, you for saying that. That's awesome. Feelings very mutual. I really so. do. All right, guys. Well – There you have it, and we'll catch you next week. We'll see you.